ghouls and goblins, and welcome back to another episode of You Didn't Didn't Ask Ask with Frankie and Tish, the podcast about anything Anything and everything. everything. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Did we freak you guys out? I hope so. I certainly hope we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure many of you whose skin probably just crawled have heard about the urban legend of Bloody Mary. If not, you're probably a kid that was never invited to slumber parties. <laughs> I'm <Or> sorry. So- <laughs> <laughs> or you lived under a rock. Yeah. Uh, however, I know that for me... I have definitely done the whole Bloody Mary Mm -hmm. in the mirror thing. So let me just pretend you guys don't know what this is. Mm -hmm. So Bloody Mary is this urban legend. Folklore. And it's the story. The way that I heard it is it's a story about a woman who I don't know at what, you know, era or time. I'm guessing probably like around... 1600 1700s mm-hmm. um had a child out of wedlock and was punished by the people in her village and they took the child and they killed the baby and then they took turns Awful. yeah like slashing the mary um while she watched in a mirror and then it's like this horrible thing where you know Ugh, that's that's disgusting in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But she, you know, puts this curse, and then if you say her name, she comes back, and she's angry, <laughs> searching for her child, and she'll claw your eyeballs out or scratch you up. Usually, they would say. I, I remember when I was a kid, it it was like you would say her name three times, and then you right. wouldn't see anything necessarily, but you would definitely get scratched up. And and. So what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go in the bathroom or somewhere there's a mirror, but it always happens in the bathroom. And you're supposed to take a candle and turn off the light so it's Mm -hmm. pitch black. And then you're supposed to say the name Bloody Mary three times. There's all these different... things that variations yeah variations there's things that people believe in Mm -hmm. and some people think like you're not supposed to have the candle some people think you're supposed to say it 13 times and spin around each time and then say the name bloody mary as you're looking facing the mirror and then there's different um interpretations of kind of like what happens right so uh, some people believe that you will say it and then as you're looking in the mirror you can see her standing behind you Mm -hmm. and nothing happens unless you turn around and look at her right um, there's other ones that say she appears all bloody. Um, there's other ones that say like she'll just slash at you and try to take your soul. And other ones that say like she'll come and haunt you until like uh, something happens or like she's trying to find her baby, right? Like, whatever it is. So there's all these different variations, and I definitely <laughs> am okay. So let me preface this with again. I am Mexican. I come from a family that is very superstitious, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's very much into uh, urban legends, folklore, you know, telling these sort of stories with like a moral, um, trying to get you to behave. And I know uh, (laughs) this Bloody Mary one really creeped me out when I was little. And there wasn't a time that I didn't go to like a slumber party Mm -hmm. where all the girls wanted to try it. 
And I think, too, like, um, not that my parents were the ones to introduce me to that, but it was definitely something like at every single slumber party, let's try to creep each other out. Let's do, like, some kind of story that we can do or something like like Bloody Mary that we can right. try. I remember for us, it's like you always start off mild and you work your way up to that. It was like inevitably by the end of the night, you know you're going to be doing Bloody Mary in the bathroom. Right. But you're trying all this other stuff. I know people like play with Ouija boards at summer mm-hmm. parties. We did that light as a feather, stiff as a board right. thing. And then inevitably. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I've experienced right. it. And then you like Don't go, knock it you go through it. the whole gambit of talking about boys and all that kind of stuff. And then and it ghosts. Up, right. And then right back into like stuff like Bloody Mary. Like now that we're like in a group, it's safer to try these crazy things that we could maybe do on their own, but too scared to do. Right. So you just kind of latch onto your girlfriends and then right. you go into the bathroom and a group of 10 squeeze yourself in there and right. look at the mirror and I'll say it while you're giggling and screaming at the same time. Did, did you ever try it on your own? So... I I did. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so embarrassed to admit that. I know I did it at slumber parties and we would always like scream and say that something happened. I don't mm-hmm. know that anything ever really did. Um, You kind of just, you're all together and you believe your friends, but you're all bumping in there together. So it probably was right. like someone clawing to get out of the bathroom that scratched you kind of thing. But I definitely tried it on my own. <laughs> but I remember like, being scared shitless, like thinking that something was really going to happen. So saying Bloody Mary and mm-hmm. then waiting for a very long time before I could get the courage to say it again. And then by the third time, I already have my hand on the bathroom doorknob ready to run so that mm-hmm. when I say it, I could just run out the door and scream. So I don't even know what. Yeah, I remember having the hesitation like uh, about like that third time, especially if I'm doing it by myself. I think because I had so much other things going on around me like I wasn't petrified I was more curious but at the same time knowing like if this works like it's <laughs> supposed to then I'm gonna be in a hell of a lot of trouble some shit's gonna right. go down <laughs> and like I'm, I'm taking this huge risk just to see you're like hey mom um just disregard There's the some... bloody girl <laughs> yeah. in the bathroom that's my pal Mary like <laughs> yeah I, I just want to try and then when like you know that huge wave of relief after the third time I'm like okay this is made up and I'm just wishing for something crazy to happen and it's not happening so. so you you weren't as terrified probably as me. I don't. But I think I was just desensitized, real young at age. So things just don't scare me like they should, because I tried stuff that I probably should have never tried as a, a child. I did too, but like I said, I may be growing up with a very superstitious family, and and them you know, making you believe that all this stuff was going to happen. I was scared shitless. Right. And then having all like these other experiences with ghosts and um, supernatural and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I believed that this stuff would happen. And then granted, like as you get older and you learn what urban legends are Mm -hmm. and you realize that, you know, oh, you're just a bunch of silly kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's fine. This is not true. Mm-hmm. So we decided that we wanted to talk about urban legends. Right. And tons of urban legends. And when we started to do research and dive into it, we got really stuck on Bloody Mary. And the reason is, is that we thought we were going to be able to take this a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like we were going to learn out information, learn information. And we had an idea of this being a little 
Maybe like a collection of like little like, I don't know, like parlor tricks that you could do or just like little stories. Right. Like the different right. interpretations and the different um, like how it's evolved over the years and mm-hmm. stuff. But as we dug deep into this, we're and not only with this urban legend, with other urban legends, we're starting to find out that these stories come from somewhere and the somewhere that they come from is often, if not always based in some sort of reality. And when we mean reality to something that's like very insidious, insidious, and uh, a horrendous, and probably the reason why these stories are kind of like not like dumbed down, but like more like paraphrased um, and spread through children and right. And that's creepy when you right. start to think about that. You're like, at first, it's like you understand because as a child mm-hmm. you you like that creep factor and right. you're always trying to scare your friends and you're mm-hmm. trying to get scared but then Who's when the you bravest? right but then when we started doing this research and realizing where it's coming from and then we're realizing that it's being passed on through like kids over centuries right this is some fucked up shit yeah our research is actually showing up from at least um what 500 years yeah 500, 500 years, years ago of the stories that kind of align and match up with this so in that span that the, the children are making connections from this and it's really hard to refute some of the stuff because of the stories. Yeah. So we, like we said, we, this took a whole other path. We kind of wanted this to be like a little lighthearted and not so much funny, but like creepy. Mm-hmm. But as we were doing research and we were finding out these true stories that led into like what we know as Bloody Mary, I don't want to say, <laughs> I mean, it's horrific and unexpected, mm-hmm. and I got a little bit sad, um, but it's really cool to find this information out and to know the the truth or at least uh, bits of the truth right. because we weren't there. There's no way of fully knowing bits of the truth and, like, where it started to where it's come. Yeah, so we're basically going to try to give you through, like, the origin. The history. Yes. yes, the origin stories. The history of this origin. The origin of this urban legend. Right. So we read so many things mm-hmm. uh, about where people believe that the Bloody Mary story originated. Mm-hmm. One of the first things that we read was in the 1500s, and it was... uh regarding the very first queen of England. Mm-hmm. Her name was Mary. Mm-hmm. She was the daughter of Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon. So if you know any history about Henry VIII, you know about him and his many wives yes, and the horrible Henry things he's done of his his wives and this is the way this guy lived. He was not a he was a nasty person. Yeah, he was a creeper. So, so yeah, <laughs> I no totally. I'm so just like, yeah, and if this is your dad, okay, and you're gonna grow up in this environment, you're gonna be kind of fucked up, right? No matter if you're born in 1500 or right, like, 2021, no. <laughs> if your dad's anything like this, you're gonna be kind of just odd. We'll say that. So she's born to you know Henry the Eighth mm-hmm. and Catherine of Aragon, mm-hmm. and Henry the Eighth is just wanting. Uh, an heir to the throne. Right. And she's a female. And he he and his wife had tried to have children several times. Mm -hmm. And Mary, their daughter, was the only one that survived. Right. Um, They had had several daughters. And I want to say when you looked up, you said two sons. Yeah, two. But they had all either been stillborns or or died 
shortly, really, really young. Yeah, after Berther. And Henry VIII is, like, not fucking having this. Right. Because he's like, I need a boy. Right. So, and he, he was already kind of, like we said, a creeper. He had a wandering eye, mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff. So he has his eye on this this woman named Anne Bolin. And she's, like, kind of like, eh, not interested. She knows he's married and this kind of stuff. But he wants her. So he decides that he is going to have his first marriage annulled. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, like, when you get your marriages annulled in this day and age, like, there's a short amount of time, like, you have to do that. Like, right. you can't be married, I think, for more than a year or something. It has to be a short amount and of time. And then there's, like, also, like, strong religious um, ties. You gotta get approval. It's not like you can just decide, I'm not gonna have this... So, also, um, Catherine has people in her family who are related to her that are in the church. So, when he's asking for this annulment, no, this is not going to happen. This also leads up to why um, Mary also has further daddy issues. Right. I mean, like we said, she's 17 when her dad decides that he wants to annul the marriage with his mom. And then once it goes through... Mm -hmm. Like, now it's like, you can never talk to your mom again. Right. You cut all ties or severed. Mm -hmm. So now she's the only child of their relationship. She's lost her mom. Mm -hmm. Her dad's a douche. Mm -hmm. She's got major daddy issues. Like, all she wants is his approval. Yeah. And then he's like, all I want is a son and you're not a son. Right. Can't even imagine this poor thing. And then to top it off, she was not considered attractive. Mm -hmm. She was very homely. Mm -hmm. Um... And now dad is deciding he's going to marry this Anne Bolin woman. Mm-hmm. And she never sees her mom again from this point either. Right. So being separated from that, dad doesn't like, so like this, this person has a real need to have somebody that loves and cares about her. Right. So you can kind of like get the picture that she's got some. She's going to be twisted. Yeah. Emotional. Right? I mean. Broken. Yeah. Something's going on with her. So then her her, her dad remarries. Um, Anne Bolin, and then they have a child. Now, Henry VIII and Anne have a child. And again, it's a girl. Mm-hmm. And this is Elizabeth. And Henry VIII is not happy about this. Mm-hmm. Like, he he wants a freaking son. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, but Anne's like, oh, shit. You know, Mary is the heir to the throne. Right. And I want my kid to be the heir to the throne. Right. So we're going to fight to make Mary considered illegitimate. Right. Because there's no mom in the picture and all this stuff. And that happens. So now Mary's this, like, illegitimate child and she can't be the heir. Right. So now Elizabeth is the heir to the throne. But, you know, Henry still wants this son. And then in the meantime, now Anne starts getting involved in politics. Yeah, so she has this whole thing where she's trying to um like you know they have her involved in politics. She's trying to help people that are just um poor. Yeah. Or, so she wants to have laws that basically help uplift the people that are poor. There's some people in um their uh I don't know what you call it, Congress or their their whatever. Yeah. In in the whole politics um that don't agree with what she's trying to do. So, and then he's already, like, thinking, like, I already, I've been with this woman, and we have a daughter, and I need a son, and I'm running out of time. And he already has 
another wandering eye for Jane Seymour. Yeah, so he has already met someone else, and now he's trying to figure out a way to get out of the second marriage. And so in that process, um, he actually frames Anne Boleyn uh, as saying that she was an adulteress and that she had been with several men. Including her brother. Yeah, and then that um, they managed to have her executed before this. He fucking had his wife beheaded. And then married his mistress like days after this. If not the next day. It was something really close. Yeah. Yeah. So he marries Jane Seymour. So now you have this picture of how fucked up this poor Mary's like you know, upbringing is Mm -hmm. she's, you know, feels ugly. She feels unworthy. She's illegitimate. Her dad is Henry the eighth. I'm just going to say that she has. And and then at this point she becomes married to Philip. Well, yeah, she ends up still through all of this becoming the first queen of England. Right. But not young. She's 37. And at at 37, back in the 1500s... That might as well have been, like, you know, 57. Yeah, she's she's old. So she's, like, an old, homely lady, pretty much. And she does. She marries... Philip II, I believe. Of Spain, yep. Mm -hmm. She marries Philip II of Spain. And he's not into it. I mean, it just made sense for the two families to combine. And if you know anything about history and, um, you know, most of these people are like, what am I trying to say? It's, it's like a, a marriage of business or convenience. Right, but it's like you're already like betrothed or right. whatever the word is, like from birth or from three years old, mm-hmm. like it's set out who you're going to marry. And mm-hmm. it's not really necessarily a marriage of love in, in a lot of cases. So she marries this Philip guy and it's good business for their family, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's not into her. Um, But she's desperate to have a baby. Yeah. So now, yeah, she's desperate to have a baby, desperate to have an heir to the throne, Mm -hmm. which is weird, you know, the same thing that her dad wanted, Mm -hmm. which he eventually got. Well, it would make sense that she would have that because that's what her dad was obsessed with. And she learned that from her dad. Right. I need to be obsessed about having a child. And this is going to make me have my importance. I think, I think in her, she was probably thinking in her dad's eyes, you know, she wanted the acceptance of her dad and her dad to be proud. So mm-hmm. when I'm reading this story, all I'm thinking is that this poor woman thinks that if she can have a child, her dad's going to be proud. But at or the same time, she hates her dad. Way. Yeah. So when she becomes. So she's really queen. defiant. And, right. Yeah. So she goes in there and then she says, and she declares because her, ha- her husband's, a, you know, the, in the realm of Spain. That they are going to move towards Catholicism. That we have the Protestants for the versus the the Catholics. Oh, before this though, before we get into this, she gets pregnant, or she claims she's pregnant, right? And she starts to have all the signs and symptoms of pregnancy, mm-hmm. like the tender breasts, her stomach is getting larger, like that kind of stuff. And they say, okay, they check her out and they, based on, you know, where it looks, she's going to have this child in May. And they kind of like, you know, hide her away and while she's pregnant. And then May comes along and there's no child. But what's interesting is there's all these rumors that are flowing around about her. So uh, to me... Like, that she's making it up, um, that uh, uh, there's other... I can't remember the other things that were... Oh, the, uh, they said that she'd already um, had a son. Or, yeah. like Or that just, she had a miscarriage. Yeah, there's like, a whole bunch of... Everyone's talking and guessing. Yeah, like, what is going on? Like, maybe she died, like, she's missing. Like, what the heck is going on with her? Right. 
And I, I feel like that all already is like a, a precursor to like the people already around her already kind of see her as like this weird one off. Yeah, I think, you know, with all that, knowing what her her upbringing was like, knowing she was illegitimate, then all the stuff and people are always thinking that she's already like weird. Mm-hmm. They think she's an, she's an odd duck. Mm-hmm. So she anyways, June comes along and now she's still not having a baby or that, you know, the doctor's like, OK, well, maybe we miscalculated the due date. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's June. Maybe it's July. Maybe it's August because every month there's no baby. And then all of a sudden her stomach starts shrinking. Oh, so after she comes out of a hiding that she declares and it, it, this is like basically a stick it to her dad that um, we have this Protestants versus this uh, Catholicism battle going on in England. And she decides to side with um, England becoming part of the Roman Catholic Church. So in that, um, two, over 200, three, almost probably 300. It was 280, they say, but it was probably more. Probably more. Protestants were rounded up who refused to convert to Catholicism, and then they were burned at the stake. That is some crazy-ass shit. Like, daddy, like she F you. just fucking... 280 people just because they were not Catholic. So... I mean, war of religion has been going on since, right. like, the dawn of time. But this is where but, she gets that coined name of Bloody Mary. Right. So she has these people burned at the stake. And now people are like, okay, this bitch is crazy. Mm-hmm. And she's Bloody Mary. And then mysteriously, she announces that she's pregnant again. Right. And even her husband doesn't believe her. Right. No one believes her. Right. At this point, she's already lost credibility with all the the people of uh, England. And no baby comes. And then she dies. Right. And they think now that it was probably um, cancer Mm -hmm. uh, that she passed from. We're over here thinking like, you know, (laughs) Bloody Mary in the mirror kind of thing, trying to dive in and figure out. And then we find out this whole story. About the first queen of England. And a lot of people believe that the legend of Bloody Mary is derived from this story. Mm -hmm. But there's even more people that say, no, this is a separate story. Mm -hmm. Someone else who coined the name Bloody Mary. And Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with the Bloody Mary in the mirror. So it just depends on your belief and... Like I said, there's a lot that believe this. And it could be that, that that term Bloody Mary got attached to something else... And continued with that story because at this time, people do know about this story. So maybe someone else does something similar that makes them think about Bloody Mary and just ties that name into what we're going into our next. Which is what I find. I mean, as we're diving into research, it Mm -hmm. seems like, you know, there's an origin and then they just take bits and pieces of that story and that gets passed along. Mm -hmm. And then as that story starts to fade, something else happens in the next era, the next generation, and then they throw an experience that they had that's real Mm -hmm. and they mix it into the story and it evolves to this Bloody Mary story that we know. Right. However, the other story that people believe is actually kind of like a two- it's both about a woman named Mary Worth. One is believed to have been around the 1700s, and the other one is believed to have been around during the Civil War. And I tried to look up to see if she was real. It's really confusing. If you guys do research and you tell me, I'd be happy to hear it. But Mary Worth, according to one legend, she was a woman that lived in a forest, mm-hmm. like at the edge of a town, and... She um, really mixed herbs and 
help make tinctures and stuff. So it would be someone maybe who like did herbal medicine, maybe someone who practiced Wicca, which all everything that we hear about the original like description of her sounds just like she is a, someone who is practicing the Wicca religion. Right. She is making all this stuff and she's helping people, you know, cure headaches mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And there's a majority of the town that's like terrified of her. Like they just automatically assume she's living in the woods. She's a creepo. She's making medicines and right. shit. So she's a fucking witch and not even taking into consideration that like like, which is not a bad thing. Right. So just like with Catholicism and the Protestants. And the Protestants. Mm-hmm. One was favored over the other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Wicca or whatever wasn't the majority, so people feared it. They fear what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. So they were terrified of her. And either you were scared of her and you didn't go anywhere near the woods, or you needed her help and you had uh ailments that she could help you with right at least relieve pain and you would go to her but it would be in private because if anyone else in the village found out you would be shunned right especially because they believed it was like anti-religion right and if you're going to church every sunday and they're telling you that that person's evil and you're associating you're going to be lumped into that everyone's going to treat you or ostracize you too no one wants to be blacklisted in a small town. Right. Well, suddenly, children in the town start going missing. hmm And it's, like, kind of one by one. Like, right. they're disappearing. And now the villagers are, like, freaked out. And they're... Understandably. Right. right. Your kids are missing. So they're they're all gathering together to go, like, you know, hunt them down. Like, find them. They, they look everywhere that they can imagine. And they even go, the ones that are brave enough go to Mary's house and they're like, have you seen our kids? And the legend goes, they're suspicious of her mm-hmm. because she was kind of like this old, like haggard looking woman. Mm-hmm. And now when they're seeing her, she's looking young. She's looking pretty. She's looking more feminine. And they're like, what the fuck? I mean, it couldn't have been the magic mushrooms that she used to relax herself. <laughs> so all the wrinkles went out. It had to be that because this weird woman that's been ostracized and is evil, that she must have been the one that's responsible. Right. I'm taking the side of the witch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the season of the witch. It is. Always. By the way. <laughs> um. So she... It's like, no, I don't know where your kids are. And they're really, you know, suspicious of her. And then one of the parents um, is having a toothache. And she coincidentally is just using, like, whatever herbs were given to her by Mary to, like, help uh, fix her ailment, heal Mm -hmm. her her tooth pain. And she notices her daughter, her last daughter, because the other one's missing, take off and... She's like, what the heck? And she's calling back for her and she won't come back. And the the girl is going towards the edge of the woods, like hearing a voice that only she can hear. And so the mom's freaking out and she tells the dad, hey, go get our kid. And he's chasing her down. And when he gets to the edge of the woods, he sees Mary Worth standing near an oak tree with a wand holding it up in the air. And there's like this light emanating from it. And so now he's like, oh, holy fuck, she's a witch. And then she sees him and what do they say? Incantation Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, Ends. Ends. And she takes off running towards her house. But at this point, like, all the villagers have been, you know, notified. And so everyone's kind of, like, chasing her. She gets shot in the thigh. So they're able to, like, grab her. And she's screaming and writhing in pain and all this stuff. And they, like, tie her up and kill her. And they say as she was dying, she put a curse and said that 
if you say her name three times, she'll, you know, whatever the curse was, come and kill you and take your come, soul. Yeah, come and, after your children. And all this shit. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, the, when you're dying, like, why would you have to say your name three times? In order? <laughs> like, that's kind of where it falls apart a little bit for me. But. So, yeah. I mean, we really don't even know. Right. This is just the, the legend. The funny thing, well, not funny, but interesting thing for me is that, like, this sort of stuff comes up in pop culture a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you hear about witches and you hear about there's a connection to um tish was telling me oak trees Mm -hmm. to mirrors yeah mirror magic yeah all this kind of stuff and all these little tidbits are added to this story Mm -hmm. and make it seem kind of more realistic and freaky and i it hit me that they were trying to say that this woman was capturing and killing their children and using them to keep her like life essence young to like make herself yeah to like rejuvenate make herself young again and that after she was killed they you know searched her property and found all these unmarked graves of like Mm -hmm. their children and stuff i was like dude that's fucking hocus pocus Mm -hmm. like it's even transferred into like popular culture i mean hocus pocus is like this huge (laughs) movie i mean they're even going to be making a part two uh now it's this huge movie that's come from this urban, urban legend, right. or at least the stories are part of, you know, what this is. Because, as you know, in Hocus Pocus, the Sanderson sisters are kidnapping children mm-hmm. and trying to be young. Mm-hmm. And even cursing the villagers, like, if the virgin lit the black flame candle or whatever, that they would return. And it's also, like, setting up children to think that, you know, um, you need to stay close to your parents. There's, like, these little warning morals within these like urban legends too and maybe this is a reason why it's passed on to children in that in that kind of way yeah i think like i wonder if you had mentioned before it it being like a control thing Mm -hmm. and i truly believe like especially like if a lot of these urban legends not just this one we'll talk about more another time but they're all like kind of focused toward like keeping you in line in some way Mm -hmm. if you do this this will happen there's a consequence there's a moral to the story you know, or, or if you don't age pr- appropriately, you're a, a, witch. a witch. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird the things that they they put in our heads mm-hmm. too. You know, so the second part of the Mary Worth story was the other legend that goes along, kind of. But this mm-hmm. was during the time of the Civil War, right? So now they're saying that there was a lady named Mary Worth who lived during the time of the Civil War. She lived in Chicago on some like stage stagecoach or, or, or wagon. I wish I would have written this down. Stagecoach Wagon, Wagon Road, Road or something. Something like if this. If you look it up, you'll find it. Yeah, you can find it. They're saying that she would abduct runaway slaves and that she would tie them up or chain them up in her attic or basement and, and torture them right. and kill them. Which is awful. Terrible. I mean, these fucking stories, like, it may make my stomach just drop. And then I was like, holy crap, this is American Horror Story Coven. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about this is, if you have not seen American Horror Story Coven, I recommend it. This is my favorite season. But in this season, they talk about Delphine LaLaurie. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, okay, obviously the show is not (laughs) real, but Delphine LaLaurie is a real person. 
and that story is based on true events. Mm-hmm. Um, you could even visit her mansion in New Orleans, and it's supposed to be like one of the most haunted places. Like I a lot of activity. Totally, we totally want to visit. Totally, but it's fucking creepy because mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, basically she had slaves herself. And she would tie up, chain up, lock up the slaves in her attic and torture them and kill them. And it's so fucking disgusting and disturbing. Just because she believed it was the fountain of youth? Or whatever. What was her reasoning? You know what? I'd have to dive into it more. I know in the American Horror Story, they tried to say that she was doing it to keep herself young. Yeah. yeah which kind of matches the other story of, you know, Mary Worth. What does that say, too, about people that are obsessed with youth? People just don't want to die and they just don't. And, and we're going to. They just want to do it gracefully. I guess. So. And that's fucking sad. It's it's. What People are selfish do. and conceited and right. the links that, I mean to, to me that's true evil that you're willing to put somebody else else at risk or in harm in order to benefit you in the slightest just way. Based on your looks. Right. Just so that you can look better, just so that you can feel better, just because you don't want to age. So this is a true story. And okay, so now we're diving down this rabbit hole mm-hmm. and we're finding out all this information mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. like, holy fuck. This is why this Bloody Mary story has now developed into what it is. Like, because how far does it go? Right. They've grabbed all this information from different times and they've like meshed it together into this story. And the creepy part of it is that a lot of it is based on real events, real real people, things that happen. Maybe it didn't happen exactly like history has written it, but there's pieces and snippets that did. Undeniably. Again, this legend happened and it's put together and it's lived this long is another thing. That's a feat or a testament of like it's been passed through children, through young people, through hopefully not parents telling their kids about this kind of stuff. Any way you paint it, it's creepy. And to think mm-hmm. that it's lived that long is even creepier. Mm-hmm. You know, and stories change and evolve over time. And I know Tish has t- said before that it's kind of like a, a game of telephone. Yeah. Where you start off with, you know, the original story, whatever it may be. I mean, like, we told you the story of the Queen of England, mm-hmm. but that's 500 years ago. So no matter what, even our take or our understanding of it is completely different from what actually happened. And then also we have parallel stories that kind of run along with this. Like uh, you guys have all heard of the Candyman, if you've not. Right. It's like history repeating itself. So now things are like moving parallel or lateral to the same type of story. Well, it's like every generation has their story. Mm -hmm. And then not only that, but... No matter where you are in your in the world, you have certain urban legends. Mm-hmm. Like in the United States, every state has their own urban right. legend. So now you take Bloody Mary, and then it's somehow connected to and molded with Candyman. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys have heard of Candyman. Um, there was uh, that original movie from the '90s, from the '90s, and now they're they've remade it. It's actually already out in theaters, mm-hmm. 2021 version. But even that, like, had some truth to it. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a twist on Bloody Mary. But back in the day, I don't know the exact date. Forgive me for that. But in New York, when apartments were constructed, the bathrooms were made 
backed up to each other, like mir- like mirrored, mirrored basically. So wherever your medicine cabinet was in your bathroom, on the other side of the wall, your neighbor's medicine cabinet was in their bathroom the same way. And you could literally like lift up and take off your, your mirror and, and access. The reason that they did this was so that it would make it easy for plumbers to access the plumbing, the plumbing, the, the pipes repairs, and right? whatever for repairs. So here's the creepy thing. If you can take off your medicine cabinet or your mirror in your bathroom, that means the adjoining room can take off the medicine cabinet or mirror in their bathroom. Mm -hmm. And now you have a passageway. Right. A hallway, whatever you want to call it. And people knew about this, you know. Mm -hmm. And so if it gets in the wrong hands, you end up with criminals Taking right, taking the, advantage of that. Yeah, taking advantage of the situation, removing the mirror, exposing the room next door, and then robbing or committing crimes. So, and like I'm thinking in my head, like maybe that first time there's that kid that goes to brush his teeth because, like you know, the Candyman's gonna get you if you don't brush, brush your, your teeth, teeth, and yeah. you see some dude from next door popping out of that thing. How fucking terrifying is that? Right. You know, and there even, it begins. The even creepier to me. I mean, like popping out is scary, but. I imagine someone, you know, looking in the mirror, brushing their teeth, and then there's someone on the other side that's already removed that mirror and can probably see you or Mm -hmm. at least know that you're there and you feel like someone's watching you. And there really is because they're waiting for their opportunity to be able to break through and do whatever horrible, heinous thing they're going to do. And I know there was even a story about a woman that had called the police and said that someone was... In her home, had broken in, was trying to do whatever, and the police eventually found her dead. It was and, terrifying. Your worst right, nightmare. And found out that someone had come in through the medicine cabinet. So, like, how fucking scary is that? I'm checking my medicine cabinet tonight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't ever want to brush my teeth in the bathroom again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to brush my teeth in the kitchen. So, anyway, I mean... The whole point of that is that, you know, things, the world is a fucking scary place. It's complicated. Shit happens that's scary, unfortunately. And then you take these little tidbits of information and then combine them all together and make an urban legend. And for some of us, it's like this fun game or Mm -hmm. whatever. But people who have lived a reality similar, that's got to be horrifying. Right. And the thing is, like, we really meant this to be something, like, fun and, like, that we could talk about, like, to have, like, as discussions for slumber parties. Yeah, like, maybe flick off the lights and do it. Or, like, hey, guys, I just heard this urban legend from, you know, you didn't ask and I, I didn't, I hadn't heard about it. But now that we're sitting here, let's tell a spooky story and it's, like, something that's lighthearted. But now we that we dug deep in it and had this history. There's so much like ugh that went with it that we had to share. Yeah, and it was kind of heavy. It was very disheartening. And we know it you didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> it was freaky. I feel very different like at the end of this than I did going in. Mm-hmm. I did not expect it to go this way, but it also made me want to dive into more urban legends right. and find out like maybe the true stories or the facts right whatever's the actual facts versus stories that we can't corroborate and then letting you guys decide how you think about it or maybe how things turned out or even if you even consider it an urban legend or not right what i would absolutely love more than you could imagine is if you guys would go onto our social media. Mm-hmm. The easiest way to find us is to type you didn't ask in TikTok, 
Facebook or Instagram, and then share with us what you thought of this episode, if you're interested in hearing about more urban legends, Mm -hmm. and what urban legends are your favorite, and then we can kind of dig and figure out, like, if they're true, Mm -hmm. you know, like that kind of stuff. We would love to do that. Come on, you guys. Be our best friends. (laughs) You know you want to. (laughs) You know you want to. You can never have too many friends. Thank you so much for taking this very mm-hmm. peculiar <laughs> every time we trip get with a, us <laughs> a, a hit that someone has downloaded is like a, a, a rush of dopamine that keeps us driving towards doing another episode. Right. You keep us going, peeps. Because you didn't ask. Exactly. So <laughs> we thank you tremendously. Yes, we do. And hang around for the very next episode. See you next. Hear you next time. No, hear us next yeah. time. Hear us next time. Bye. Bye. I was just sitting up ahead.